At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. Mike Palm here today with Amal Shaw. Full slate of college basketball ahead of us, as well as Professor Aaron Moore from Ryder, who writes about sports and media, but also is a basketball expert. I'm dying to ask him about upcoming conference tournaments, who he likes, who he's trying to fade. Yeah, looking forward to that. Should be a lot of fun as we get ready for next week. Should be a huge week, especially if you're a college basketball fan and college basketball better. This next week is actually... Probably a better betting week than the first four days of the tournament. Wouldn't you agree, Amal? 100%. You have a lot more familiarity with teams. They know each other extremely well. It helps out immensely from a betting standpoint. Teams playing each other for a potential second or third time. You and I were involved in a ton of games last night in college basketball. Some pre-flop, some in-game, some both. It's getting harder and harder to bet late game, in-game with teams that want to foul down 12 and 14 points with 10 seconds left. Yeah, and for people that are unaware, Mike is referring to uh, a basketball game that took place in the MEAC. Uh, I think it was in the MEAC. And, and you know, it, w- it was one of those situations where you had a middle setup and unfortunately a foul occurred. But you know what? You know who used to be the king of this was Steve Lavin. Lavin used to do this all the time where he would foul with a minute and a half to go down by 15. And you'd wind up with 30 points in the final two minutes. It would just kill a total. I, I think you're absolutely right. Some of these games scenarios where you don't expect fouls. The, the thing is, the consistency is not there with teams. You see some teams do it, and then other times they don't do it. It, it doesn't even make sense. I remember I had a game with, um, with the former coach at Maryland, Mark Turgeon, against Indiana. I'm like, oh, I need a point. And it was actually, I think, a half a point in essence. And I'm like, oh, they're down eight. They're going to foul with 30, uh, 27 seconds for me. They just would let the clock run out. Calipari, remember earlier this year, down seven with 16 seconds, let the clock run out as well. And then you have teams down 12 with 14 seconds left following. Exactly. All right, let's uh, we'll talk about the one other big headline matchup last night with the, the ranked teams meeting. Um, Texas played tremendously in the first half, locked Baylor down. But in the second half, the Bears seized control of the game. I thought a huge victory for Baylor and their case for a number one seed last night in Austin. Yeah, I thought they were tremendous. A great road win. It was a tight tussle. They struggled at one stretch for about five minutes, not scoring the basketball. But then when they needed it at most, uh, Flagler and James Kinjo delivered. I I thought Flagler hit a couple of big shots. That one elbow jumper uh, from about 15 feet and then the three-pointer in the subsequent possession was the difference in this game. And I'll tell you right now, Texas team is terrific defensively. They did a great job against Baylor. But again, the offensive end plagues them. Amal, tonight we have three games where we have matchups of top 25 teams. And I want to start out with uh, the team that, as you said yesterday, has become the unofficial uh, team of odds on Providence. 
Providence just has a way of seeming to win these close games and cover in most of them. The one game they didn't was when they hosted Villanova uh, on February 15th. Catching four and you had him that night. Villanova eventually gets the cover 89-84. The return trip to Philadelphia tonight. 3.30 p.m. early start time, which I uh, appreciate on FS1 from the Fennerin Pavilion. <sighs> Providence comes in ranked ninth now. They have a two-game lead over Villanova because they play two less games in the Big East. They are 14-2 and two in the Big East. Villanova 14-4 and four coming in, ranked 11th. Remember, Villanova hasn't played uh, since last Tuesday night when they lost at UConn. Um, 71-29 is a one-and-a-half-point uh, underdog. Amal, are you surprised that Villanova is laying almost double digits in this game, nine and a half with a total of 134 and a half. I am not. Remember, they were the favorites at the dunk. So no surprise here at the Pavilion to be a favorite of this number in this situation. I do think it's unfortunate in the Big East that Villanova is going to probably end up not winning or at least having an opportunity to get a share of the conference title because Providence hasn't played those two additional games. I wish they had a way to make it up because if you look at Providence right now, they are done with their regular season tonight. They don't play again until the Big East tournament for them, which will probably be on Wednesday or on Thursday. So they've got a week plus off. You know, in the Pac-12, they look at UCLA. They played Thursday at Oregon, Saturday at Oregon State, and Monday at Washington. I guess you know the Big East uh, doesn't need the money. No, Pac-12 teams making up all those games. The Big East not. It's going to come down to even though if Villanova beats them twice, which are favored to do so tonight. Um, by win percentage, percentage points, uh, Providence at 14-3 and three will be better than Villanova, uh, who will finish, uh, actually, if they win both games, 16-4 and four overall um, because of the three losses versus the four. I have no play on this game. Are you touching it at all, Amal? I am not. Uh, I think this is going to just be a fun game to watch. I'm hoping it's a tight, competitive game. I don't know if it will be um, because now, if you look at it, Villanova's got the Big East wrapped up. So that doesn't mean they're not going to compete. I just think that Villanova is a different team at home, just like Providence is a different team at home. So be interesting to see how it plays out. Huge game tonight at the Kohl Center in Madison, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Purdue ranked 8th at Wisconsin, ranked 10th. Wisconsin, with the lead in the Big Ten right now at 14-4. and four. Purdue and Illinois, a game behind at 13-5. and five. Purdue lost Saturday at Michigan State 68-65 as a four-point favorite. Remember, you had this game when they played on January 3rd in West Lafayette at Mackey. Wisconsin was catching 12 and a half, controlled the game and won it outright 74-69. to The Badgers have won four in a row headed into this matchup, but still find themselves a three-point underdog at home tonight against Purdue. Amal, the total is 144. Yeah, this is a huge revenge spot here for Purdue. You referenced it, that, that loss at um, in uh, Lafayette earlier this year. This is a good bounce-back opportunity for them, but it's always tough at the Kohl Center. An important game, I think, for both teams from seeding standpoints, for the not for the Big Ten tournament more so, but about the NCAA, because these are both, to me, top 12 teams. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And no play for you on this game? No. I'm tempted I'm, uh, to take the three here. I, I am not in the revenge spot here uh, for the Boilermakers. I'm, I'm going to stay away from it. Speaking of Johnny Davis, you have him as the Big Ten Player of the Year, right? Yes, I do. I was going through Keegan Murray's stats last night. This kid's been unbelievable. Uh, he leads the nation in games over 25 points scored, games over 30 points scored. What he's been able to do for this team offensively, because Bohannon has not played as well as I thought that he would have this year. Um, to me, I, I, I don't think it's as clear cut as you might think. Yeah, but... You know, Murray's going to finish on a team that uh, play on a team that finishes fifth in the Big Ten. Davis has a shot to be the outright Big Ten champion here. Well, he can't help it if he's being coached by the Big Ten's version of Tom Crean. 
with all those points, <laughs> all those points games, you, were, you know, Iowa's games are 15 points more than Wisconsin's games, too. You have to look at them relatively, too, in terms of possession, in terms of a defensive intensity. I just, I don't really think it's that close. You really don't, huh? No. Uh, real quick, National Player of the Year, is it close anywhere, or is it is it one, is clear-cut for you? Yeah, I think it's Toshibwe. I, uh, I, I, I thought it was a month ago when he was 5-1, to one, and now I think it's a slam dunk, and it reflects it at minus $2. I thought the performance he had at Arkansas was unbelievable. Uh, what do you have, 30 and yeah. 18? The boards are what? I mean, the boards that this guy gets define it. Uh, define why he is so much better and still contributes 25 a game. And he's not getting Russell Westbrook rebounds. You know where Steven no. Adams moves out no. of the way on the missed free throw? I mean, he's just eating it up in there. He just gets everybody, whoever's coming his way. You'll get your chance to take the Lakers at home later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 8 o'clock tonight, Pacific time and local time on ESPN. Interesting matchup here and a big one in the pack. 12 from the Galen Center in L.A. Number two, Arizona off the loss at Colorado. You know, they'd won nine straight before uh, tripping up in Boulder. At Number 16th ranked USC, actually one and two in the Pac-12 UCLA, third right now. Arizona still though with a two-game lead in the loss column over USC, 15 and two, 25 and three overall. Trojans 14 and four in conference play, 25 and four overall. Amal, they played this game at the McHale Center on February 5th. Arizona was favored by 11. UCLA, USC got the cover that day. Arizona won by nine, 72 to 63. The game stayed solidly under. The total was 150 and a half which is, again, the total tonight. Wildcats laying four and a half on the road. I'm going to tell you what. I don't like the number. I don't want to lay it on the road, but I think Arizona bounces back in a big way. They had that hiccup against Colorado. This is a great opportunity for them. Uh, I, I think they get this game here. This is going to be an interesting one against USC, who can really challenge you defensively, but I just don't know if they can keep pace offensively against this Arizona team. 5 p.m. Pacific time on the Big 12 Network uh, from Shomar Arena in Fort Worth. Sixth-ranked Kansas Jayhawks off the loss at Baylor on Saturday. They stay in Texas um, to play TCU. Interestingly enough, TCU has to go north just two days from now on Thursday night and take on Kansas in the fog in a makeup game. TCU with an impressive victory over the weekend, down double digits early in the second half. They beat Texas Tech at home 69-66, catching five. Kansas lane six and a half now, taking some money, was five and a half on the overnight with a total of 143 of them all. Yeah, the total felt a little bit high just based on the way TCU will try and defend and their ineptness at on offense at times. But remember, these two teams are going to play tonight, and then there's a return trip at the Fog on Thursday. Give the Big 12 credit. They're getting the games in, and we talked about that with the Big East Pac-12 doing the same thing with that Tuesday night game t between Arizona and USC. But, Mike, I, I can't touch this game. TCU has been better than I thought. They get that huge win against Guns Up on Saturday. Very impressive. TCU 7-8 and eight in, the, in what's arguably the best conference in the country. 18-9 and nine overall. Do they have a case for the tournament? Uh, they do, but the problem is if you look at their non-conference, I think Jim Beheim was the schedule maker. Well, Dixon's always been that way. Yeah, he has. He, he has really gone, has. Right? I mean, I mean, you look, you look at their best win, it's probably Oral Rock, uh, at Texas A&M, I guess. Well, you know, they did play Georgetown. Mm -hmm. So give them credit for that. 3.30 p.m., another early start Pacific time on the SEC Network from Stegman Coliseum in Athens. Not between the hedges. 13th-ranked Tennessee at Georgia. Tennessee has won 7 of 8, including a home victory over then-ranked number 3 Auburn on Saturday. Georgia, Amal has only lost, speaking of Tom Crean, 17 of 18 and 9 in a row. They lost at home to Florida Saturday. They were catching 9. They didn't even cover that. 84-72. 1-15 in league play. 6-23 overall. Tennessee, 
Lane 16 on the road with a total of 145. Yeah, I have a play on this game coming Ooh. up a little bit later on. Uh, this is obviously a Tom Crean. This will be his last home game in Athens. They close out the season at uh, Missouri. So uh, this will finally put an end to a national championship football season. Then you got this basketball season. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you are filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at vcin.com slash madness. We continue college basketball next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge your leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, mango, and Amal's personal favorite, citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N dot C-O-M slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. In 15 minutes, we're going to have Professor Aaron Moore of Ryder talk some more college hoops, specifically teams to watch heading into their conference and NCAA tournament, Amal. We're going to ask him about the Ryder Bronx in the Metro Atlantic. Uh, will they be heading anywhere? <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> uh, let's continue on. We, f- we finished the first segment with an SEC game. Let's start the second segment with one as well. 4 p.m. Pacific time on ESPN from Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. Ole Miss at number seven, Kentucky. Ole Miss has lost six of seven, including pretty bad home loss to Texas A&M on Saturday. 76-66 as a two-point favorite. Kentucky in just a great game at the bud, back and forth in the second half. Eventually lost, but covered two and a half. 75-73 at Arkansas on Saturday. Ole Miss comes into this game four and 12 in league play. Kentucky the opposite. 12 and four, a game behind Auburn. The Wildcats. 
Laying a big number here, Amal. 16 and a half and a total of 139. Yeah, no play here for me in this one. Uh, Kentucky with an opportunity to go 18 and 0 during the regular season at home this year at Rupp. They've been tremendous. This is a huge number. Um, but this whole Miss team, they just don't have much talent offensively. I think they could really struggle in this matchup. So this is one I'm going to just kind of pay attention and hope maybe there's an in-game opportunity. Maybe you get Ole Miss a 20-something or maybe Kentucky struggles early on, but no play here. Well, the highest-ranked team to win on Saturday was number 7, Duke. They benefited moving up to number 4 in the new AP poll. They will be taking on Pittsburgh at 5 p.m. Pacific time on the ACC Network from the Peterson Events Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Dukies have won six in a row, including routing your boy Jimmy Beheim's Syracuse team, 97-72 at the Carrier Dome on Saturday. Pitt, after a nice run, has lost two in a row at home, 68-62 to Georgia Tech and 85-64 on Saturday. Um, Duke lane 15 now up a point from the overnight of 14 total 139 up two points from the overnight of all yeah no play here uh, I mean it's hard to take Pittsburgh because they're just so bad at times offensively and an inept but if Duke is really focused they could win this game by 20 easily uh, just a complete stay away from me all right on we move them all 6 p.m. Pacific time on ESPN from the Fertitta Center in Houston Texas at Cincinnati at Houston Cincinnati Boy, they've been bad as chalk, haven't they? <laughs> lost five of six, lost at home to yeah. South Florida Saturday as an 11.5-point favorite, 56-54. Certainly a disappointing season for them. Houston, 13-2 in conference play, 24-4 and four overall and ranked 14th. They've won four in a row. I was impressed with how they jumped all over SMU yeah. early Sunday morning, eventually winning that game 75-61 and covering the eleven. Got to lay 14 and a half here if you like the Cougars tonight. I'm all total of 135 and a half. Number seems a little bit high to me. I, I just don't want to lay this number here with Houston. They've been a tremendous team all year long, as we know. But I think Cincinnati getting 14 and a half off of an embarrassing loss against um, South, Florida. South Florida there on Sunday. How do you lose to South Florida? When you look at uh, Brian Gregory's team, they're just so inept offensively. One of the worst teams in college basketball offensively. I'm sure that killed a lot of money line parlays on Saturday. Yeah, that's right, because they were they were like a $7 favorite, I think. Yeah. And remember, Houston already embarrassed Cincinnati earlier this year. Uh, in, uh, Cincinnati, they beat them by 22. Uh, I still what think was the score of that game? 80 to 58. Mm. Uh, I still think it's too big of a number here to l- uh, lay with Houston. But this Cougars team, when they decide to lock you down defensively, you're going to struggle to score. 3.30 p.m. Pacific time on CBS Sports. From the Robin Center in Richmond, good uh, A-10 matchup here. A couple of them tonight. Dayton at Richmond. Dayton lost at LaSalle 67-60 Saturday as a 9.5-point favorite. They were up 11 at the half in that game. Richmond beat St. Louis Friday night, but they didn't cover. Remember, they were laying three. We looked at that game. They won 68-66. Richmond, a two-point home favorite, total 132. Yeah, I wanted to take Richmond in this game. I like Mooney's team, even though they haven't performed at a level you would expect out of them. Uh, I like the experience of Gilliard and Golden against this Dayton team, who's tremendous defensively. But the problem with Dayton for me is the lack of offensive consistency. This is a very young team. Dayton's a team you want to keep an eye out for. If, you know, when the futures come out next year, betting them to win the A-10. I, I just don't believe they're going to go on the road and win this game. I, I think Richmond wins this basketball game. 4 p.m. Pacific time. Um... From Buffalo, New York, Toledo at Buffalo. Toledo 15 and three in the MAC. Buffalo 13 and four of them all. Toledo's won three straight. Mm-hmm. Buffalo very quietly has won nine straight. 
When they played in Toledo earlier in the year on January 25th, Toledo took care of business 86-75. They were laying four and a half in that game with a total of 157. Buffalo coming off a sweep of uh, Northern Illinois home and away, uh, beating them uh, on the road by nine, excuse me, 11, and at home by 10. Buffalo laying two at home here, a total up a point from the overnight from 160 to 161. Yeah, uh, the no surprises total has moved just simply because how often both these teams are tremendous offensively. But, Mike, what surprises me the first time in Toledo, the line was four and a half. This number being at two, I think it's right where it should be. But I think Toledo's got a great chance to go on the road and win here. This UB team, I know they're sitting at 19 and eight, but they've had a lot of struggles in games. They're not as good as they've been in years past. And I think some of it is kind of where you're seeing these numbers. I, I think Toledo is the class of this league. And I think probably... I can make a case for Ohio as the second-best team. Maybe you want to put another Ohio. team in there. Ohio got waxed at home by Akron. They, they were laying like seven and a half. First score I saw, Akron was up 18 on the road. Akron lost at home to Kent. I mean, yeah. listen, I'm, losses happen. All, all I'm saying is I just don't think the Bulls are as good as they get credit for being in this league right now. I think this is Toledo's tournament to win when they get to Cleveland. In terms of this matchup tonight. Would you take them plus 115 on the money line here in Buffalo? Yeah, in a game like this, yeah. I would, because this is going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the problem is UB doesn't shoot the ball particularly well, and Toledo's very efficient offensively. Always amongst the best teams in field goal percentage every year. They take great shots. 4 p.m. Pacific time on ESPN2 from the Lloyd Noble Center in Norman, Oklahoma. It's the Huggy Bear in West Virginia at the Sooners. Boy, hard times for Huggy. They've <laughs> lost hard times, Daddy. <laughs> well, they've lost thirteen of fourteen, including blowing double-digit league twice against Texas at home on Saturday. Oklahoma beat rival Oklahoma State after coughing up a big lead in the second half, sixty-six, sixty-two in overtime. That game was a push. They were laying four at home when they played this game in Morgantown. West Virginia was a two-point favorite on January twenty-sixth, and Oklahoma beat them by ten, seventy-two, sixty-two. The return trip here to Norman. Oklahoma lane five with a total of 135. Yeah, I had West Virginia in this game, and you could tell early on the Mountaineers were in trouble. The offense for Oklahoma was really clicking with Tanner Groves knocking down a bunch of shots. But I'll tell you what's alarming if you're West Virginia right now. You score 81 in your last two games. At Iowa State, you blow a big lead. At home, you have a seven-point lead in the second half coming from behind down six at the break, and they still squander that opportunity late. They even get a bad turnover from Texas down one. And to me, it's amazing that this West Virginia team wasn't able to get off this losing streak. Mike, I don't think they're going to be able to do it at Lloyd Noble. Um, I do think without Harkless, this offense for Oklahoma has struggled a little bit. But I, I don't want to lay five here with OU. I would be more likely to take the points with West Virginia here. I have a play on this game, so you could disagree with me later. Five, <laughs> Boomer sooner, huh? Boomer sooner. 5.30 p.m. Pacific time on FS1 from Chrysler Arena in Ann Arbor. Michigan State at Michigan. Michigan State with the big win over Purdue trying to right the ship on Saturday. Uh, Michigan lost at Illinois, to Illinois at home on Sunday, 93-85. to 85. That game was a pick. Remember, at the Breslin Center on January 29th, this line was only four in favor of Michigan State, and they routed the Wolverines 83-67. It's the other way tonight. The Wolverines laying four and a half at home with a total of 144, up two points from the overnight of 142. Yeah, Mike, you and I thought this line was going to open around six and a half or seven. You and I were texting that Saturday morning, shocked that it was a four-point line. I tell you, I think the Wolverines get the revenge here in this game at Chrysler. They had a bad defensive performance against Illinois on Sunday. Gave up, I think, what, 93 points or something like 93. that? 93, correct. And I think they'll play far better. This is going to be interesting in this game. Can this team be consistent offensively? They did a tremendous job in the second half coming back. 
but I got to go with the Wolverines here against Michigan State. I'm a little surprised there. Why is that? Just because Michigan has has not been good at all this year. They haven't been and great. You haven't believed in Sparty either. Yeah. I just don't want to lay four here, four and a half at home in this game. I don't disagree with you, but I think the team is capable in a rivalry game. They, you know, they will be up for this game. They will be ready to go. They got embarrassed at the Breslin Center. They, they did. Um, the KFC chicken sandwich is served hot, Amal, and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. I've never tried a chicken sandwich, Amal, but I love KFC. The chicken is good. I like the original, not the crispy. But the sides are what make KFC. I love the coleslaw, and I love the mashed potatoes and gravy. So I've, I've been a vegetarian for 28 years. Mm-hmm. But before when I used to eat meat, I'm going to tell you right now, they used to have those best chicken little sandwiches oh, yeah. with the mayo. <laughs> you could eat like five, six of those. Get them today. Remember, tomorrow starts Lent, so you're out on Wednesday and Friday. Up next, Professor Aaron Moore from Ryder. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Check out VSIN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24 7 stream of VSIN experts tracking live moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sports books in Vegas and across the country. Download the VEASAN Best Bets podcast now at VEASAN.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. It's Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. And it's our pleasure to welcome in again to the show Professor Aaron Moore from Ryder. Professor Moore writes about sports and media, gambling topics, specifically basketball and college basketball are his areas of expertise as well. Um, as a contributor to Point Spread Weekly that will be out tomorrow as part of your VEASAN subscription package. Good afternoon, Professor Moore. How are you? Very good, Mike. Hi, how are you, Amal? Thanks for having me. Thanks good, so much for joining us. Good to us. talk to you again. It's been too long, and, and here we go as college basketball heats up. Interesting rematch tonight in the Big East, and interesting that the Big East is not making up as many of these COVID games as the other conferences in Providence by not having to play these extra games, even though they could lose to Villanova twice here, will win the Big East. As you look at these two teams heading into the tournament, which team do you think has the higher upside? And then tonight, the line nine and a half in Philadelphia. Do you have a play on tonight's game? I don't have a play on tonight's game. Obviously, I'd like to take Villanova. I think there's going to be a certain hangover factor with the Friars. Ten points against the team that is going to win the regular season title is probably too much. But at the same time, I don't want to take Villanova. I think I would save my money and wait for the big East tournament going into that, because that's going to be interesting. And a lot of times when we handicap, we look at different things. And I think the big East tournament is going to be momentum. It's going to be the psychological aspect of who wants to be there and as great of a season as Providence had, and what a great job Ed Cooley did, you saw that celebration the other night. I think they reached their mountaintop, and usually Providence goes into the Big East tournament with the motivation to either get into the NCAA tournament or improve their seeding and hopefully get up to a five or six to get a win in the first round. Totally different scenario right now. And that's why if I look at the Big East tournament just as a whole, I'm going to fade Providence. Aaron, I couldn't agree with you more. I just want to let you know officially, though, uh, Providence is the official team of odds on here. We have been on this team at the dunk every night, including the loss against Villanova. 
But I'm with you in terms of this team playing away from home. I think it's going to be a tough matchup at the Pavilion. And I would not be surprised at all whether it is Villanova, UConn. They wouldn't play Villanova, obviously, until the end. But UConn or somebody else trips them up in the Big East tournament. I just don't. I, I love the job Cooley's done. But I just don't believe in this team enough when they get away from the dunk. And that's a lot of, of what we're looking at this year in all the wins and losses that happen at the top of the rankings in the large schools, so much of the losses for these teams are coming away from home. And Providence has done such a good job at home. The Big East tournament obviously isn't going to be there. It's just going to be a much different environment. And it's a shame to say I'm picking against or I'm fading Providence because if you want to talk about one of the great guys in college basketball, it really is Ed Cooley. So I feel bad going against the official team of odds on, but I just think momentum says otherwise. You know, Professor, I want to ask you this from a betting perspective. You want to fade Providence. Here at Circa, we are offering two-way yes or no to win conference tournaments on the top four or five teams in each conference. Um, if you want to just bet, no, Providence won't win the tournament. You got to lay seven sixty. Would you take that bet, a very binary option, or would you prefer to take Villanova at a plus one forty or or UConn at close to four dollars? That's a good question. Obviously, minus seven hundred. That's a pretty big wager you're going to have to make and pretty significant. And, and you know what? While I'm saying I want to fade them, and if I had to take that, I would take no to Providence. Because I do think there's value on Villanova. You're getting Jay Wright in a tournament that he has done so well in. He's won that tournament four times in the, in the last few years. So plus 140 is decent, but still, I, I don't think it's a, a price I want to pay going into a tournament where you have a lot of upset. So if I was going to look at the Big East, I'm going to look more at UConn in the plus 300 range, and I'm going to look at a team like Marquette in the plus 500 range and look at Shaka Smart's team and how he gets them to play and that style that can do well in a tournament. And you look at Marquette right now as a seventh seed, not the best place to be, but they're in the tournament. I can see them really going in this tournament to try to maybe get up to a six possibly get into a five. I like the way they're going to play in a consolidated tournament. I, I love the point you made about Marquette, uh, Professor. You look at this team right now. We actually here at Circus Sports plus 715 on Marquette. I think this team's extremely dangerous. I love UConn. I, I love the job that Danny Hurley's done. And Mike and I talk about this all the time. He's much better coach than Bobby. His team doesn't start out with a technical before they get on the floor just because of his attitude. But I, I think they're a dangerous team. Want to shift conferences a little bit. Go to the ACC. Duke is at minus 125 to win the ACC tournament. Normally, you don't want to lay a minus favorite to win a conference tournament. But I looked at the way the, the tournament scheduling shakes out. I like the matchups that they have potentially for them. It would be a Wake Forest matchup, potentially Miami. I think these are teams that they can handle. On the other side of the bracket, Virginia, North Carolina, I, I just don't see this league being very good. And I think Duke looks like they're starting to hit their stride at the right time of the year. Do you believe that would be a play worth making, or would you look at somebody else as a little bit of a longer shot? I think there's one thought in the ACC, and I agree with you, Amal. It is Duke, even if they come at a minus number, because all they have to do is win a couple games with their seed and play a decent style of basketball. When Wake, Miami, UNC, they're going to have to play at a much higher level consistently. They've played well in spurts. Notre Dame as well. They've played well in spurts. 
But those teams are going to have to play at their highest level for two, three, four games. Duke, I think, in that bracket can basically just play good basketball and still win it. And it's in the, in the minus range, I'm still looking at Duke or no play at all. Talking to Professor Aaron Moore of Ryder University. He's a professor of journalism as well as uh, specifically sports journalism. You can follow him on Twitter at PubRelationProf, P-U-B Relation Prof, P-R-O-F. Aaron, I want to talk about the NCAA tournament and, and focus on a team from the Big Ten. Big Ten, Purdue, they've had two coaches in the last 40 years, Gene Cady and Matt Painter, and they've yet to make a Final Four. When you think about Purdue futures in the tournament, does their lack of success come into a factor in saying, because like Amal and I say, we just dismiss them in the tournament because every year they seem to underachieve, or do you think there's an upside on Purdue this year? Eventually, Purdue has to do it, right? Eventually, it's going to have to happen. And Gene Cady, years ago, was a different style. It was the punch-you-in-the-face Big Ten. Matt Painter's Purdue was a much more offensive minded team and looking at them moving forward and, and talking about the, the tournament as a whole, there's a lot of criticism against Purdue because of their defense, as well as Matt Painter's lack of success. But I think if we're going to look at teams that to jump aboard at this moment and look at their odds that Purdue is in that little tier right below the Kentuckys and the Arizonas and the Gonzagas. And I think it's creating value for them. And one of the things that I'm positive about Purdue at this moment is it's their offense. And there's a criticism of their defense. But if you look at their defense, they're giving up 68 points a game, not a horrendous amount. It's less than 70 points. I think when you get into the NCAA tournament and most of their competitors are giving up at that 65 range. So we're looking at a one, uh, a three point basket, one basket difference. I think that offense with Jaden Ivey can find that differential. And one of the things I'm really high about Purdue going into the tournament is they've lost these Big Ten games. But those Big Ten teams are familiar with Edie. They're familiar with Williams. You get them out of the Big Ten and teams playing against those two massive guys, I think it's a different ball game when Purdue starts playing teams outside the Big Ten. Professor, we have about a minute left here. In the Big Ten odds to win the tournament, Purdue's plus 175, the Illini 405, Ohio State 450, Iowa 750, and Wisconsin fifth on this list at plus 775. Help me understand why this team is so far down. Mike has Johnny Davis as the Big Ten Player of the Year. I have Keegan Murray. But to me, both of these teams, Iowa and Wisconsin, are very dangerous based on what they can do, one potentially on the defensive side, the other one on the offensive side. If I had to pick between those two teams, Amal, I think I would go with the offense in Iowa. I think that's the team, if you're going to play the Big Ten with a little bit more of an underdog or some heavier odds, I'm going to take the team that might shoot their way to a tournament title. Wisconsin is just going to have to play that suffocating type of defense and get 20 points out of Johnny Davis. And they're going to have to rely on him. And I think if you're going to go against the Big Ten teams, once again, that familiarity, I think Davis can be somewhat neutralized. Iowa has that ability to score. And if I'm going to look at a team that's not one of the top ones in terms of Purdue and odds, I think I would go with offense over defense in that case. Professor, terrific as always. We'll have you on again soon. Thank you very much, guys, and good luck to you. Thank, Thank you. you.
Terrific insight, and I love the point he made. And, and I agree with him on the offenses over the defense. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous that Wisconsin's the fifth choice, though. Uh, it is. I agree. They're ranked 10th in the country. They're fifth <laughs> in the Big Ten to win the tournament. Get out of here. Up next, our plays. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Odds on with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. No more football? No problem. Bet River Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and much, much more. Don't miss out on Bet River's many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast. With more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers, get started with life after football with the Bet Rivers app. Welcome back into Odds On. That was Amal Shaw. I'm Mike Palm. Amal, yesterday we both lost the yep. Boston uh, Bruins Kings game with the totals. I had the first period. They scored two, and then uh, they just kept scoring. Bruins won seven to nothing, Amal. It wasn't that close. I would agree <laughs> with you. You're absolutely right. Jonathan Quick was terrible. And that last night, and the bees they looked really good. You know what? I was impressed with their defense. They don't allow you to get good, clean looks. I don't know how many grade-A chances the Kings had. I have to go back and look. It's less than five in the game. I I'll tell you that. one thing. They had a five-on-three, and they refused to puck to pass the puck to the left side of the goal. That? They didn't even get it. They got one clean look on a five-on-three for a minute 22. Yeah, Drew Doughty was sitting there for a one-time, and they said, no, 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 yeah. we don't want to do that. I thought my under-six-and-a-half under in game was good at that point, but they Absolutely. just kept scoring. All right, uh, you're the high-volume better today, uh, so we'll start with you. Yeah, let's see if we can get them back on track here. We're going to start in the Big Ten tonight. Michigan hosting Michigan State at Chrysler. Like Big Blue here in this one, minus four-and-a-half revenge spot for the Wolverines. Also coming off of a poor defensive performance against the Illini. What better team to see offensively than Michigan State, who's been inconsistent Consistent. I like Michigan in this matchup against uh, Michigan State. And then one of the ugliest plays on the board tonight. Uh, Ole Miss could be a little bit uglier, but George is at home. Senior day here. Tom Crean's final game. I wonder if he'll be walking out with the seniors. Is that for sure that it's going to be his last game? Well, unless the athletic director just hates Georgia basketball enough to keep him around. I don't know. I think he's a very popular figure. Yeah, who, in the Harbaugh family? In, in Marquette. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, maybe Dwayne Wade, you know. But other than that, we're going to go with Georgia tonight here, catching 16. Mike, this is a huge rivalry in terms of the, the two schools, but 16 is a big number to lay on the road. I'm not saying Tennessee's not capable of it. I just think that Georgia, the one thing that they do is they do score points. you got a big team coming in in Tennessee that's ranked. I think Georgia can keep it within this number. And then tonight in Richmond, I like the Spiders at home, lane two against the Dayton Flyers here. I think Richmond gets this one short price here at home against UD. Uh, is Michigan your biggest of the three plays? 
Uh, no, Richmond is, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Love the Spiders at home. Yeah. I want to talk about another uh, A-10 game when I get done here. I have one play today. Amal will tell you he doesn't like it. Uh, the number's better now. I laid five and a half on the overnight here with the Oklahoma Sooners. This is a fade of West Virginia. Um, Oklahoma played well in Morgantown, beating them as a dog earlier by 10. And what's West Virginia playing for now? 3-13, and 13, 14 and 15 overall. They're not even going to the NIT. This team just... Just doesn't put three good possessions together in a row. I thought it was a pretty short number. I can see Oklahoma by double digits tonight. You know, you brought up a point that is excellent that people will overlook when we get into the NIT because some of the games overlap with the NCAA tournament. A team like West Virginia who had expectations of the tournament or some of the other teams, mm -hmm. great opportunities to fade them in the in the NIT because they just don't want to be there. It's those mid-major teams a lot of times that you see that have the focus in those tournaments. Yeah, that's a two-unit play for me tonight. Okay, I mentioned the other A-10 game, 5.30 p.m. Pacific time on CBS Sports from the Siegel Center. What's the traffic going to be like in Richmond tonight? There's two major college basketball games in the same city. In Richmond, the one at the Siegel Center, one at the Robbins Center. St. Bonaventure is, hosting, is, is playing Virginia Commonwealth. Amal, you had a huge play on this game. It was a Friday night game a um, month and a half ago, January 14th. You loved, you loved St. Bonaventure at home, lane three to VCU. They crushed them. They were up 20 in the first half, won the game by 20, 73-53. Return trip now to uh, Virginia Commonwealth. Amal, both these teams have won seven games in a row heading into this matchup. Flipped the favorite, and they're taking money. Up from three on the overnight to four and a half. VCU with a total of 134 and a half. You talk about a revenge spot. Uh -huh. This is it for VCU here. But I tell you what, Mike, this line, I didn't realize it was th this high. I don't like it at, from a VCU perspective at four and a half. This team is really good defensively. We know that they're elite, but they turn the ball over at an alarming rate. St. Bonnie's an experienced team. That's what I like about these teams in the A-10. Them, Richmond, tremendous amount of experience. Uh, I would be looking at the Bonnie's here plus the four and a half. I only say that because of the number, Mike. I, I wouldn't want to take them, though, to win this game. I think VCU finds a way in a revenge game here at home. 6 p.m. from Worthington Arena in Bozeman. It's Southern Utah at Montana State. Montana State played at Southern Utah on February 19th. They were a three-point dog and one on the road, 76-61. Return trip here, Montana State, three-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 146-and-a-half them all. Yeah, you mentioned that this one is a revenge game here for Southern Utah, but I'm going to tell you uh, from my perspective, I was not overly impressed with Montana a State against the Grizzlies the other day. Their offense was only able to stay in the game because they got to the free throw line. They're going to have to be much more efficient in this game if they're going to get done against the Thunderbirds here. Uh, but they've been very good overall this year. And if you look at this team at home, they've done an outstanding job. I'm going to uh, probably lean with Montana State here to win this game, Mike. All right, let's switch to hockey here. Good matchup uh, in Minneapolis tonight at XL Energy Arena. Calgary Flames, who had won nine games in a row, or ten games in a row, uh, uh, at the end of February, taking on the Minnesota Wild. Amal, Minnesota's been great at home, 16-4-1. Talbot and Nett tonight, 19-11-1 with a 2-9-4. Expect Markstrom for the Flames. He's 24-11-5. Remember, top six in goaltending goals against 2.13 here. Flames were a dog on the overnight, now favored, minus 125 with a total of 6.5. Yeah, I think both teams are two teams to keep an eye out for. But this is the second time in about 10 days we've seen Minnesota be a home dog. We saw that against Florida. The Panthers got them in that matchup. I am surprised to see, as well as the Flames have played, Mike, 
the lack of respect for Minnesota at the Excel Center. You referenced the record. This team has been tremendous. I think you have to go with the home team here. The other thing is I would say, if you're going to play this one, because you're getting the plus price here, take a look at the reverse puck line with Minnesota minus a goal and a half. If they win by two goals, I mean, you're looking at a pretty good payout there. Over $2. 6 p.m. from Denver, the New York Islanders at the Avalanche. Disappointing season for the Islanders. Curly sitting at sixth in the Metro with 48 points. Avs the best record in hockey atop the Central at 82 points. Avs are 22-3-2 and two at home. But I'll tell you something. The Islanders played a flawless game in Anaheim uh, on Sunday night, winning 4 to nothing here. You can get plus 235 with a Barry Trotz team and Ilya Sorokin on the road. Do you take him plus a goal and a half, minus 105, try to keep it close, or do you lay off? I know you're not laying 280 in this spot. I'm laying off this game completely, okay. um, just simply because the Islanders' offense has been inconsistent. Anders Lee has not had a great year. The one thing to pay attention to with the Islanders, they've got a plethora of games yet to come. Look for their schedule as you're looking to bet or honor against the Islanders here. VGK hosting the Sharks tonight. The Knights have fallen to third in the Pacific Division with the Flames uh, and Kings both ahead of them. Here's the shocking thing, Amal. Knights have a losing record at home. They're 14-12-3 here. Are you laying 240 with the Knights here in this spot? I know the Sharks are tough to a tough team to take on the road, but I cannot lay a big price with the Knights at home right now. No chance. I mean, you you got to either take Reimer and the Sharks here or no play in this game. Too high of a price for a team that's under 500 at home. Bruins playing great hockey. They've won five in a row now, up to fourth in the Atlantic Division. They took apart the Kings last night. They stay in L.A. They're at the Ducks. I think you'll get Allmark in net tonight because we saw Swyman last night. But Allmark, look, 17-8-1 with the two seven six. Gibson didn't look uh, – Gibson off on Sunday night, so he'll get to start tonight. 16-14-8 with the two eight four. one of his down years. I'm thinking about laying $1.75 with the Bruins. Well, that's a big number, Mike. Uh, on the back-to-back. -back. Yeah, on the back-to-back. -back. But, but last, it, wasn't so a, it, was, it wasn't really a back-to-back -back because the third period, I mean, you could tell both teams were looking to get out of there as quick as possible with the being 5 nothing. Um, uh, was it DeBrusque had the hat trick last yes. night, right? Uh, the first three goals. Yeah, first three <laughs> goals. Um, you know, for me, I, I don't know about this game. I, I, wanted, I wanted to come back again with an under, but Swayman is outstanding, and we saw how bad uh, Quick was in that last night. I think Gibby will play fine just, uh, just as well for this uh, Anaheim team. But I don't know if I want to go against B's team right now. All right, let's switch to the NBA. Um, Mavericks at Lakers tonight. Mavs had a huge comeback against Golden State at Golden State on Sunday, winning that game 107 to 101. The Lakers, as you well know, got buried at home by by the <laughs> as Pelicans. Did I, as did I. By the Pelicans. Mavs laying five on the road tonight with a total of 216 and a half a mile. Yeah, this is an interesting number, laying five on the road here. They had a great come from behind win. You could have gotten them plus 10 and a half at one point in the first half against Golden State. And, you know, it's funny. I saw the line, and I was like, wow, Warriors three and a half here, and they're up big, and then you see Dallas bounce back. I don't know if the Lakers can turn it around. Go back and look at the box score, at the number of turnovers Russell Westbrook and LeBron James had in that last game. This team just looks disengaged. I don't know if they're going to be able to get the ship turned around. they got about 20 games remaining. It's hard right now to take the Lakers in any spot, but five is a big number on the road. Speaking of the Warriors, they're in Minneapolis tonight taking on the Timberwolves. Another traffic jam, huh? You got the Wild at home. Yeah. You got the T-Wolves at home. Warriors here laying a point and a half. They were a dog by a point on the overnight. A little bit of Warrior money. They have lost three or four coming in. Um, cheap price to take the Warriors tonight or stay away? Uh, I would look at Golden State or no play here. Remember, Minnesota played last night, I think, 127-122 over the Cavaliers, getting the cover in that game. I was wrong on that one. And this is an opportunity here potentially with uh, Golden State. Nets and Raptors are playing two games in a row in Toronto, Amal. They played last night. 
Uh, Raptors were favored by three. They won by 36. Tonight, that number moves up to nine with a total of 219. Yeah, I think this Brooklyn team is in really in a bad way, and it's hard to back them in any spots. Now, whenever you get embarrassed, you like a team. But remember, Kyrie's in the lineup tonight. Enjoy the rest of your Mardi Gras. Get those KFC chicken sandwiches now. Don't forget the biscuits. And the biscuits. I get honey with the biscuits. Up next on VEASAN, it's Betting Across America with Josh Applebaum. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.